Yes, it's time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. And I was listening to your interview with Melanie Mark, the tourism mm. minister, yesterday on the Provincial Museum replacement. Something really jumped out at me. What? And you were asking her at one point about the schedule for this thing, and, and she said, well, we're working as quickly as possible. And I went, quickly as possible? It's like, what, eight years the museum right? is closing? Four years before construction starts, but you know what? The minister's right about one thing. They are moving as quickly as they can on a key aspect of the project, and that is dismantling the old museum. The business plan, as we talked about at Simi, has a lot of passages in it redacted, but one that was left in The wrecking crews descend on the main provincial museum in March of 2024. And it's not a coincidence that that is several months before the 2024 election. Is this also, Vaughn, that classic political tactic that we have seen parties do time and time again, which is get it past the yeah. point of no return? Absolutely. The, I guess, the most famous political case in B.C. history involves the Site C project. Uh, six years ago, uh, Christy Clark declared, so before the 2017 election, I'm going to get this thing past the point of no return. I mean, she didn't hide what she was doing. We're, we're going to build this thing past the point of no return by the time the next election was called. And she did. And when John Horgan became premier, you know, John Horgan had said Site C sucks, right? He had campaigned against the project, was given every impression he was going to kill it, but he didn't kill it. He continued it, and the reason he gave when he decided to keep building the Site C was he was not going to write off the $4 billion that was already spent with nothing to show for it. So Christy Clark said, I'm getting it past the point of no return, and she did. And John Horgan grudgingly acknowledged it. And it now looks like he's stolen one of her ideas, because I think there's no question in my mind that one of the reasons they're working as quickly as possible to get the demolition crews at work on the Provincial Museum is they don't want Kevin Falcon to be in a position, when the election rolls around, Simi, to be able to say, well, they haven't even started it yet, so I'm canceling it. They'd sooner he was confronted with a great big hole in the ground with a chain-link fence around it. Do you think that explains why it's we're going to tear this down before they have a design, before they have anything else? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they've been in a rush to basically get rid of the Provincial Museum since last fall. Melanie Mark gave like six weeks notice last fall that the third floor exhibits, Old Town and the rest, were closing permanently at the end of last year, and the removal was going to begin right away. And they put little ads in the newspapers here in Victoria saying, you know, last chance to see the Provincial Museum. And she made it clear that one of the main reasons she was doing it was to decolonialize the museum. She said it. She now denies that she said it, but it's there on the record. So that was the original drive behind this, is to just get rid of the Provincial Museum. But it's now gained this political dimension because, Kevin Falcon says... 
I'll cancel the project. And the NDP is basically saying, you'll have nothing to cancel by the time we're finished with it. Uh, we're going to start dismantling the museum, uh, what, six, eight months before the election. Also, we should point out that we're hearing the same thing when it comes to the Massey Tunnel replacement, because we spoke to Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody, where he was essentially saying that, you know, Kevin Falcon's comments on this were disingenuous because Malcolm Brody believes it's going to be too far along for yep. them to cancel it. Yeah. So originally, when the New Democrats canceled uh, the liberal plan for the Massey, they just wrote off everything the liberals had spent, $100 million. And Christy Clark was doing the same thing there. She was trying to get the project past the point of no return, no return for the election. The New Democrats just wrote it all off and went back to square one. And because they're going back to square one, Simi, we initially we went, well, tch, it's not going to be ready by the election. They won't even have cleared environmental review. That's going to take three and a half years. But then the New Democrats clever devils, <laughs> awarded <laughs> contracts to build, to rebuild the intersection at Steveston at the north end of the tunnel. Yeah, the interchange there. Uh, yeah, and, and of course that's being configured not for the 10-lane bridge that the liberals wanted to build. It's being configured for the 8-lane tunnel that the New Democrats want to build. So, you know, it, it takes a certain amount of gall to, for, uh, to do what Rob Fleming, the transportation minister, did, which is he came out and said, well, if Captain Falcon cancels this project, you know, he'd, he'd be writing off contracts and canceling contracts, which, of course, is exactly what the New Democrats did. But now they're saying, again, the Massey replacement will be so far along by the time the next election rolls around that if Kevin Falcon wins... It'll be too late to reverse direction. He'll be stuck with what the New Democrats want, which is an eight-lane tunnel. Okay, so yeah, boy, BC, we really get this over and over and over again, don't we? It's funny, you know, Simi, I was thinking this morning that you always think that, you know, it's a great tribute you pay to your political opponents by stealing their best ideas. But that sort of makes sense, right? Like the liberals brought in the carbon yes. tax, and the new Democrats opposed it, and then they went, you know what, this thing actually makes a lot of sense. It's also a cash cow, the way they run it. But I was thinking, you know, in a way, the best tribute you can pay to your opponents is when you steal their worst ideas. <laughs> and so, you know, the idea of getting projects so far past the point of no return that even if you lose the election, they won't dare cancel it. Um, well, that's what Christy Clark did on Site C, and that's what John Horgan is, seems to be getting ready to do on the Provincial Museum and the Massey. But here's the catch. You know, the ultimate cynic would point out. John Horgan campaigned against Site C. The pictures of him standing in front of exactly. a Site C sucks banner still out there on the <laughs> Internet. And he just, he became premier. He just reversed himself. And I'm going, you know, what's to stop Kevin Falcon from doing the same thing? He campaigns against these two projects, sure. as, you know, and... Um, oh, there's nothing I can do. do. If, you, yeah. if you win the election, and I'm not, it's far from certain that he will, afterward you go, well, you know, I've looked at the business plans, and, you know, it's, it's too far along to cancel, so I guess we're just going to have to go ahead with it, but it was a bad idea in the first place. Well, what else would we ever... We would can have you ever to talk be about. too cynical no, covering politics you is can't. the question. You cannot, and we'd have nothing to talk about, but before I let you go today, Vaughn, I know this is a big weekend for you. 
Like, yes, it was your birthday yesterday, but do, do you are you not like prepared for the one sporting event that you watched you that bet. is happening this weekend? You bet. I'm. Uh, I was locked in last weekend watching Indianapolis 500 qualification, and I am. Uh, I'm hoping the weather in Indiana is good on Sunday because it's the end of annual Indianapolis 500, my great sporting event of the year. Now, <laughs> Simi, yes. they are going to have to go some to top last year's win. Really? The the underdog. Uh, Helio Castroneves, who most people know is the winner of Dancing with the Stars, uh, but I know as a four-time <laughs> winner of the Indianapolis 500, uh, you know, pulling it out at the end, uh, dropped by his team, underdog, and man, oh man, he won the race. It's one of the most exciting wins I've seen, and I've been following Indianapolis since... Uh, Let's see, I was sitting in my grade 8 class in Gaspé, Quebec, listening to it on a friend's uh, friend's sister radio and hoping very much that the teacher didn't notice that that's what we were doing. (laughs) I love that. Do you have any uh, rituals that you do? Like, is there something that you... Are you sitting down with, like, a bucket of chicken wings and some popcorn on Sunday, or what do you do? Nope, just a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, my little charts of uh, who's... Of course, you have, you charts. have to keep track of. You have to keep track of the teams, right? Yes. I used to have all this stuff memorized, but nowadays I just have to go and look at the teams and see who you know who the entries are and stuff like that, and uh, watch it. the race. It takes about a little over three hours. Uh, very, very exciting. And uh, then I just uh, put my uh, sport, sports thoughts on hold for another year. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you about it on Monday. Thanks, Vaughn. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> have a good weekend. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. I love that. No, no, he didn't watch Battle of Alberta. Doesn't watch anything else, but he does watch the Indy 500, which is taking place this Sunday.